rifling through those long boxes and bagging those books. Welcome to your home for Star Wars comics. This is the Cosmic Force Podcast, a Utini Podcast Network production. And now, here are your hosts, Tyler Reganti, Emma Park, Caleb Lamanek, and Jacob Bosch. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 47 of the Cosmic Force. On tonight's episode, we are taking a look at Paolo Villanelli's contribution to Star Wars comics in our artist spotlight. And we have some big Utini news for Star Wars Celebration, for those of you that might have missed it on Monday, as well as some Patreon news. Uh, so let's go ahead and get say hi to the rest of the team so we can get into that. Emma, how are we doing tonight? Doing well. Yeah, hey, everybody. Um, when you said it was episode 47... Kind of hit me a little bit because I was like, oh, we're getting up there. We're getting close to 50 we, now. Like, it's, it's, it's coming quick. <laughs> we are almost at a year. It is wild. amazing. Yeah, so awesome. Don't so. think. Yeah, it's been so much fun. Uh, yeah, for Caleb, sure. Caleb, uh, 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 that this is the shirt that your wife made you, correct? Correct. This is the uh, Mandalorian fabric t-shirt. So I figured if we're talking, you know, loud, bold art choices, like we should make some loud bold shirt choices so i'm ready to talk about a really fantastic part of the uh you know artist community here and i think we're going to have some real fun here and i said we got some real exciting star wars uh utini news to talk about so let's get into it yes before we do that we do need to check in with one more member jacob how are we doing now now that spring break is over we're back to the grind of 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 law school uh still it's still a good move right yeah it's i mean I, i enjoyed my week away um you know, it, it, relaxing. So, uh, but now uh, school's back again, and it's no longer relaxing. Uh, <laughs> but hey, uh, it's, it's it's fine. And the semester's almost over, uh, and then I get to have a, a summer, believe it or not. So yeah, I'm uh, it's uh, ready for it to be over. Let's just say that. <laughs> I feel you there. <laughs> yes, I, I I do not do not miss those days. So, uh, but anyways, if you are joining us for the first time, welcome. We are a Star Wars comics podcast that broadcasts live right here on YouTube.com/slash/Utini every Wednesday night at eight PM. And if you can't join us live, that is perfectly fine because we are also available on all of your favorite podcasting platforms. Uh, we are also a part of the Utini podcast network of nearly a dozen shows and a Discord channel at Utini.com/slash/Discord with more than one thousand members and dozens of channels to choose from. If you like what you see and you want to say thanks, then head over to our Patreon channel at patreon.com slash Utini, where for as little as $5 a month, you can gain exclusive access to the entire Utini podcast network of shows, as well as exclusive merch and community involvement activities. Um, so let's go ahead. I, we, we do not have any new patrons this week, but we do want to, I do want to go ahead and get into the news because um, we have one little piece of news that uh, is comics related, and then we have some, some pretty big pieces of news for Utini. Um, this was actually shared. I don't remember who shared it in our Discord, but uh, it was shared in our Discord. That, but uh, game Mar- uh, Xbox for all of you gamers out there is actually partnering with Marvel Unlimited to provide three months free of Marvel Unlimited with Game Pass. Um, I do not, based on the video that I watched, I do not know if it is um, compatible on your your Xbox. I think it's just a separate membership. But uh, for those of you who do the Marvel Game Pass or do the Microsoft Game Pass, uh, you can go ahead and get yourself some free comics, too. Uh, Emma, did you... Do any of you have... Uh, Jacob, you have an Xbox, right? I have an Xbox One, but uh, don't really use it anymore. I, I have. Okay. Uh, it, and I do have Game Pass as well, so I'll be interested to see 
um, how this works. I was really excited when they announced this. Uh, at first, when I read it, I was like, oh, wait, like for every month of Game Pass you have, you get like a month of Marvel Unlimited. I was like, that's oh, that a would good be, deal. yeah, that would be outstanding. Like, that's yeah. a good deal. And then I was like, wait, that's too good to be true. Maybe I should watch the video. And then I did. And uh, yeah, so I, I, it's a really cool, cool deal. And I think it's a good idea. I mean, Marvel now has like a couple like huge games out right now. And I think it's just, yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's a good marketing move. And I hope it gets more people into comics too. For, for gamers, Game Pass is the best deal out there. I mean, it's for just sure. full stop. Yes. So yep. if you're into ga- video gaming and you're a comics reader, like this is like this just is icing on the cake. This is house money. I mean, oh, yeah. you should have Game Pass already. And the fact that you can get three months of Marvel Unlimited uh, is really cool as well. So it's an awesome thing that they're, that they're, that they're talking about uh, reaching across the aisle and, and having those liked interests there. Yeah, if I were if I were a person who hasn't really read comics, reading Star Wars comics as of late, I would wait like ooh uh, two or three weeks to redeem this, or ha- like make sure you're not gonna like miss the window of opportunity there. Yeah. Um, but by then, it, three months is a lot of you can read a lot of comics in three months. Uh, and with a three month window, you could read all of the High Republic because by the end of that everything will be on Marvel Unlimited. So if you're like a High Republic novel reader, you could check this out, get the comics for essentially free if you're already a Game Pass subscriber and, you know, catch up with some of the other canon or legend stuff while you're at it. I was about to say, in three months, you could probably finish off all of the original 77 run. <laughs> That's a choice you could make. There are yeah. other comics as yeah. well, but that is one you can do. Uh, all right. So uh, the reason that I really wanted to get into this is is we have some big Utini news. Um for those of you who do not wa- or did not catch uh, the Living Force, because I know all of our all, all of our listeners and viewers watch uh, the, the Living Force uh, Monday nights at eight PM uh, on youtubecom utini um, they announced some pretty big news. Uh, Emma, uh, since you are the person that we know is going, why don't you go ahead and share this news uh, with everybody? Yeah. Oh my goodness. Uh, let's just say that Utini all collectively had a conniption a few days ago. I can't remember what day it was. It feels like forever ago, but it's just like that's that's how much excitement there is. So uh, Corey got two very exciting emails from Celebration. The first one he got uh, was telling us that he uh, that that Utini got approved for a panel. And this is not just a pod. It's not a podcast stage. It's totally different than that. It's like an actual panel like on the stage with microphones. It's like on the schedule type of thing. Like this is absolutely huge. We're all freaking out by now, right? And uh, then he he comes in like an hour later and he's like, guys, we also got approved for a booth. And that's really insane. It's like, it's basically going to be like, you know, a table and we're, we're going to try to make it uh, look really nice and, and have some giveaways and stuff um, so that people get to learn about Utini. And it makes up, you know, for a, a great meeting, meeting spot as well. Like if you're in Discord, you know, we're going to try to plan up uh, some meetings there. And yeah, it, it's going to be a lot of fun. I I mean, personally, like, I know I know, I can speak for all, like, over 30 of us that we're just so honored to, to be able to get these uh, these things at Celebration. I mean, it's like, I was speechless there for a second. It's like, even talking about it now, I'm like, I don't even know what to say. It's just, it's absolutely amazing. So catch us at Celebration with our panel, TBD. Uh, we don't know what day on Celebration uh, or, or at what time. Uh, but we will certainly update you when we know more about it. And same thing with the booth. We'll let you know where that is when we know about it. But that's going to be all four days, the booth. So that I can tell you exactly. for sure. If you're very nice, maybe we can bring back the book boxes. For you. 
<laughs> yeah, someone made that joke, and uh, yeah, Corey almost fired. I, I think I think we should. Yeah, I think I think yeah, we should. Yeah, yeah, that doesn't surprise me. But <laughs> yeah, so that's gonna be a lot of fun. We hope to see a lot of uh, familiar faces and some new faces as well at Celebration. Yes, I was just checking the Slack, and um, the name I just lost it again. The name of the panel is Exploring the Universe: The Books and Comics of Star Wars. So very fitting for us. Uh, so yes, that is something that is that to look forward to. Um, Emma, you said you are definitely going, right? Yes, I am. I have my flights. I've got my hotel, and I've got my celebration tickets, and uh, also some Disneyland tickets for the day before. So uh, it's going to be a full five days there. Uh, you know, four celebration days, one Disneyland day. I'm so excited. I've never been in a different time zone, and this is like kind of crazy. You know, going all the way across the country. What? <laughs> Literally, yeah. So this is going to be. You've never been a to lot. like Illinois. Never, never, never had a reason to. Like, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure Illinois is great. Like, if you're from Illinois, hi, yeah. I love you. But like, I've just never had a reason to go. <laughs> hi, hi, Eric. Anyway. Yes, hi, Eric. I love <laughs> you. <laughs> but just not your time zone. Not your time zone. Central. I'm not a huge fan Central, of it. Central. That's such a weird, weird thing. It's not even in the center of the country. <laughs> it's but not. It's okay, not. Let, let's be real. Central time zone is the best for watching sports. <laughs> that's true. That's like, very accurate. I can't, Eastern, I can't Eastern argue is with the that. worst. Yeah. I, yeah. I can't argue with that. Yeah, for um, sure. No, I think Pacific is the worst, but... Central that's is true. The best. That's true. Pacific is the worst because you get done with a game at like seven p.m. and you're like, "It's like what do you, what do, you what do with do? the rest of your day?" It's, yeah, it's like normally <laughs> or, I'm falling asleep watching watching a basketball game or a late night baseball yeah. game. It's like the sun's still up. What the hell? Yeah. Or you have the nine the nine a.m. college football game oh. uh, games. <laughs> so yeah, that's pretty bizarre. Uh, yes, I so, will. I will say while we're on the topic of celebration, just a quick plug for the great merch we have yes. over at Utini. Absolutely, uh, everyone needs a. Co- if you're going to convention, you need a backpack. Uh, that's just like non-negotiable, especially if you're there for multiple days. Uh, why not check out a Utini backpack? Uh, I'll you know what? I'll drop the link in the chat right now. Yeah, and I, I can uh, actually uh, look- personally vouch for this. I had ordered this um, like literally two months ago. I didn't even know I was going to celebration, but I was like, "Oh, this is like really cool. I want it." And so I got it. Yeah. It's a really nice backpack, you guys. It's like it's got like a laptop sleeve in there. It's got like an outer pocket. It's like it's really solid. I can vouch for it. So definitely, yeah. Definitely you're gonna need out. to carry around all your I'll carry around all the merch you're buying, yes. and it gives you a great spot to show off all the pins you're getting for Star Wars yes. on the back, like you're all your enamel empire and all that stuff. So, of course. hashtag not a sponsor, but actually <laughs> I mean it's it is us. So, can we sponsor ourselves? Our I'm not sure how that works. <laughs> all right, we'll have to ask Timothy in accounting. So that was news from Monday. Uh, we actually now, uh, Emma, I think this is this is breaking news, right? Like breaking. this is breaking. Yes. You're the first to break this, unless you were already in our Discord. So, Emma, uh, right back over to you for this breaking uh, uh, Utini news. Yeah, so unless you are a patron and also in our Discord, you do not know about this yet, but I'm about to tell you what it is. So we have a new Patreon goal. If you don't know what those are, uh, for every $100 increment, we set a goal so that you get an extra piece of content uh, to celebrate us reaching that goal. And our next goal is the $900 goal, which is the goal before the big $1,000 goal. And if you don't know what that is, the $1,000 goal is to drop the entire documentary from The Living Force and Timothy's first time meeting in person. Uh, So this is the goal before that, but it's also extra super fun. And instead of trying to like butcher the description myself, I'm going to read what Timothy wrote (laughs) as a description for this. So it's called Infinities, a UT Network multiverse event. 
Imagine a world where Jared never knew about naked palps, Emma not, never got to experience Kira coming back in the comics, and Charles never prepared for a canon roundtable because he's only ever read Kenobi. Gasp. Okay, maybe that's a bit extreme. However, when the skull is reached, the fabric of the Force will be ripped apart and reconfigured into something. Up will be down, left will be right, and all of our show hosts will find themselves scattered across the Utini network for a week unlike anything before. So... That's all we can say about it. But uh, we are just over $800 right now. So if you get us up to $900, uh, it'll be a week of absolute insanity. And uh, I'm really rooting for this, you guys. I think it's uh, it's going to be really fun. Uh, like, I want to do this. Like, yes. Part of me is like, you know, even if we don't get the uh, patron goal, I just want to absolutely do this, uh, you know every now and again it's such a fun idea but essentially that means we need roughly 12 more people to become patrons so uh hit up that uh brother you haven't talked to in a while maybe ask your mom nicely <laughs> or and or just um just take it to a the nor- do the normal way and go to your local socials on this on twitter on your facebook on your uh, myspace and start up uh, and start you know posting some of these things get some buzz listen i MySpace is coming back. It's you know, it's I think it's gaining more traction than Facebook now. Or like the fourth like, time. Not by much. Not by much, but it you know, people are now flocking to it a little bit for that kind of retro nineties cool section. Well, I sure. mean maybe there's what a lot of Legends Look Back fans what? like there, you know? Uh, maybe. I think they're probably on like GeoCities or something. <laughs> Tyler, you, <laughs> I, don't know if, I don't know if you can enlighten us on the social media. I, I, I uh, cannot. I'm not that much older than then. you guys. <laughs> I did have a the Facebook when it came out, but that's about as old as I get. Okay. <laughs> Back when you needed a .edu yes. Yes. Uh, yes. email. So, yeah. All right. So, all yes, like lots of exciting one. things happening here at Utini. Uh, and we thank all of you for all of the support because it is you guys, the the, the audience, the community that allows us to uh, keep pushing and getting these things. So yeah. big shout out to you all. Absolutely. And, and before we move on really quickly, I do want to point out that we would never have been able to get a booth at Celebration or do literally any of this without our patrons because Absolutely. putting together a booth, it costs money and we wouldn't have that money without our loyal patrons. And so seriously, from the bottom of all of our hearts, thank you so much. Exactly. And even if you're not a patron, we still yes. support, love your support, talking, you know, don't feel like you are, should be ashamed of not supporting us, you know, just watching us, breaking us, liking us, and sharing us is all great. Even if you do none of those things, even if you just show up, even if you never comment, we still are here for you. As long as you're downloading, you as long as you're downloading, as long as you're watching, that's what's important. That's, that, that, that exactly. helps us all more the than you, you would realize. All right. Don't listen to them. Idly listen to every one of our episodes ten times. Share it all. <laughs> like, okay, let's be right now. All I'm right. Kidding. Let's get into our weekly pull list this week. We've got two very fun uh, issues this week. Jacob. Yeah, oh, so yes. we got Darth Vader number 21, Return of the Handmaiden, written by Greg Pak, with pencils by Raphael Yanko. Uh, the cover is by uh, Paul Renaud. Uh, the colorist is Alex Sinclair, and the letterer is Joe Caramanga. And we got uh, Dr. Afra 19 Ascension, written by Alyssa Wong. Pencils by Minkyu Jung. Uh, the cover is by W. Scott Forbes. Uh, the colorist is Rochelle Rosenberg, and the letterer is Joe Caramanga. Uh, guys, have you read these ones yet? I don't, I don't know if I, I have not, talked about but it. you were really high on uh, Afra 19 this week. Yes, I, I did read both yes. of them. Yes, they are very good. They are very good. And by and I by the, the way, the uh, the name Re- Return of the Handmaiden reminded me of the meme like Return of the King. I was like, yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
or yeah. return to queen almost. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Or the the the, the uh queen shadow, if you will. Um yes. But uh yeah, no, I think Vader was good. I've been enjoying Vader. Uh but I would say Afra is probably one of my favorite comics to come out in the past couple months. Agreed. Uh it is a if you're a big uh representation and media type person, uh this is like one of the best like representations of a uh trans character I've seen in Star Wars. Of course, absolutely. Ever? Yeah, yeah so sure. uh that's a very very cool uh to see that. Um it's just like a very natural way of presenting it. Um Yeah. So I I really appreciate that and uh I definitely would recommend picking it up. I mean, it's like four issues into an arc, so maybe don't start with this one. Um <laughs> you'd probably be a little lost. Uh but yeah, I think it's worth checking out. Yeah, yeah if, hey, if you're going to grab that Marvel Unlimited um that Marvel Unlimited uh Game Pass uh promotion circling back uh, this will be on Marvel Unlimited in three months from today-ish. So, there you go. Exactly. These are both good issues. I haven't really read the Vader one, because, as I said, these are, like, issues four or five out of, like, a six-art run, usually. So, it's kind of in a weird sort of thing. Yeah. I want to go back and reread all the previous issues so I can get caught up on the story. But I also just want to wait until a few more come out so I can just binge the whole thing at once. Yeah, I just, I was, like, three issues behind on Afra. Coming into this week, and this weekend I read all of them, so I am actually pretty high on Afro right now uh, myself because um, I did exactly what you just talked about, Caleb. I I read the last three issues; they they've been pretty fun. Um, the new character that they introduced uh, seems to be a pretty 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 fun character, and and this uh, this issue seems to be uh, focused on her at least uh, from the way the the last issue ended. So I'm I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, and uh, it, I've been you know really pleased to see some some positive reaction on on Twitter about the representation shown here. I mean, you know, I think it comes. It's obviously like when Alyssa Wong was writing this, she didn't know how timely it would be this representation with with the Disney yep. walkouts, but it is so timely, and uh, I'm really happy that it came at this time. Truly, I, I think you know, is this the first trans character in in like canon mm. that we know of? so it's uh, it's not the first i would say it's not the first non-binary character okay. that we have but it's i think it's the first like just straight up trans character okay okay because like you have like cantum and sarah and tara right, and that pirate right. from like aftermath that are all like non-binary but right. this is yeah a little different well it was like perfect timing for for a trans character maybe you know it would have been great to have one earlier but if it had to come at some time uh, it would be now so Good on you, Alyssa Wong. All right. Let's go ahead and get into what we're loving this week. And we have our staff art of the week this week. This one's coming from Jacob. So I'm going to let you go ahead and introduce it for us this week. Yeah. So I'm doing a like a uh, in-person art this week. So I think I showed this off when I got it. Uh, this is uh. my copy of um, High Republic number seven, the B cover, which I got, of course, because this is the closest thing I have to a High Republic action figure right now. <laughs> uh, and I got I got it signed at a convention last summer uh, by the artist, uh, the interior artist, not the cover artist, uh, who was at a convention. This is not Ario Anandito, as you can probably see. This is uh, George Genty. Uh, he was the like fill-in artist for like I think it was just High Republic seven maybe eight as well. I think he did at least two issues, yeah. But yeah, so I got that. I think I've showed that off before. Uh, but I got something else in the mail today, which was pretty exciting, and that was a sl- my slab copy. I this was a well, I didn't tell any. I told Utini about it, but I didn't tell the show about it. 
Uh, this is a slab copy of the A cover that he signed and did. Uh, it's called a remark. This is a, he did a little sketch of Yoda. Um, and yeah, uh, so first off, I'm going to put this out here. Don't do this. This is dumb. This <laughs> I like just basically like burned money. Um, it's a 9.6, which is like a very good copy, but a like basically the fresh off the press copy is, a, is the 9.8. Uh, and I did this for a brand new issue that came out like that week. Don't do this. This was not like an investment for me. This was like, it was more of like a celebration. This was like before I went to law school when I was still happy, good times. <laughs> I was like celebrating this like milestone. I'm like, okay, it, this is the first appearance of like a new character that I thought was very cool. Darth Crawl. It's so minor that they normally they note first appearances up here. He's not even on there because like no one thinks that like CGC doesn't recognize it as something that matters. Anyways. It was just a fun thing for me to do. Um, yeah, like I like if you do it at a convention, which I did, um, you like go through a, usually like a local store that's working with CGC and the store owner knew the artist. who so was like, yeah, like why don't you just like draw Yoda? Because like a lot of artists will like charge you extra to do like a sketch or something. And he's like, yeah, why don't you just like draw a little Yoda or something for free? He's like, yeah, OK, cool. And like drew this Yoda and they like were talking. So it's kind that's of a sick. fun experience. This is my first slab comic Uh I you know hopefully I get Kevin to come to a uh, U.S. based convention sometime. I will not be a celebration, unfortunately. Uh, but you know if I can see him there, you get these you can get these cracked and have someone else sign it, um, and then of course pay them more money uh, as as you do. Uh, but yeah, it was a, it was a fun thing. Again, don't do this. Like it, seriously, do not slab new comics unless like it's already worth like at least like forty bucks. So. <laughs> Um, but, uh, yeah. We're talking, uh, like, first appearance of Chrysanthemum or, like, the Grand Inquisitor, like, anything yes, else Grand we're Inquisitor- talking, like, eh, you know. <laughs> yeah, Grand Inquisitor, and it also has to be, like, in, uh, if it's modern, it better be, it, like, 9.6 is, like, your floor. You probably don't want to slab anything, uh, below that for a modern comic. Um, probably 9.8, because, again, you can probably go to a comic book store, assuming that, uh, Diamond didn't screw up their shipment, you can find a 9.8 on a shelf. <laughs> yeah. So. But yeah, for sure, it, it was, it was a really fun. cool. I'm glad to, I'm glad to have this in my collection now. Um, I I can I think I should can look it up and see how many like I think they published their numbers. You can see like how many people own X grade of Y comic, and I can probably see. I would guess I'm like one of like five people to have this graded because why would you? I know they do that so. for cards, so I can only imagine that they do that for the for the comics as well. Yeah. So. All right, let's move on to what we're reading this week. And Jacob, you've said that you have finished all of the High Republic that is out right now, right? Yeah, yeah, I finished wow. uh, Midnight Horizon. Midnight Horizon was like the main one. I did this while I was on break. Uh, then I also read there's a Star Wars story. There's a High Republic story in Star Wars Adventures number fourteen in the back. Uh, I there's I think there's a few other. Oh, I read like a short story and uh oh the manga the second uh, volume of the edge of balance so i've Mm -hmm. officially read literally every published high republic story whether it has high republic uh in the title or not uh this was it's it's kind of exhausting uh i'll be (laughs) honest uh i'm kind of like i love it but i'm happy to have a little break away from it this summer so i just had a realization that you are now ahead of me because Mm -hmm. i've not read i have it you know on on my ipad the um the new manga i haven't read it yet okay. so you're officially that's the only thing me. i haven't re- that's the only thing i haven't read either yeah. so yeah. good on so, you yeah it's, awesome it's been fun 
So when are you doing Alphabet Squadron? <laughs> Never. Um, yeah. You just give up on that, yeah. But yeah, in addition to all the higher public stuff, I also have been getting into Dark Horse comics. Like, I read a ton mm. of Dark Horse comics over, over the break. Nice. Okay, so I was like... I like ran. I like was you know I was in North Carolina and I ran out of High Republic stuff. I'm like, well, I didn't bring anything else to read. So what I'm gonna do? What am I gonna do? And I was like, well, I had started to read Legacy when we did the discussion on mm-hmm. Ostrander. So I'm like, I was enjoying that. I'll go back and start reading Legacy again. And I like got to a certain point and then I like opened the next issue and it's like Vector Part Nine of Twelve. I'm like, what's happening right now? <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh. I don't remember the last eight issues being called Vector. And then I looked it up. Vector is a twelve-part mini series or twelve-part crossover in Dark Horse that spans across four different comic book series, being uh, Old Republic, the Old Republic, Dark yeah. Times, Rebellion, and um, uh, Legacy. Ve- uh, Legacy. Yeah. So I'm like, okay. Uh, well, I was re- I had the omnibus. I had been reading Old Republic a little bit. I'll wait on that one. I'll let, no, I'll read some Dark Times. That's like the next one on the list. I'll at least like kind of get up to the point where Vector starts because it's like 20 issues in or something. And I started reading that, and like I got to issue five. I'm like, something's wrong. I am definitely missing something. They're like referencing things that I feel like I should know about. See, that's that's that the old read. school crossover events where yeah, like they no. <laughs> they make you read every single issue. So then I'm like, wait, yeah, something's very wrong with this Dark Times thing. That's enjoy- it's like, it's good, but like, I'm definitely missing something. Turns out Dark Times is basically a reboot. Well, not a, it's like a renumbering and a renaming of the 98 Star Wars run, which became Republic. Republic, yeah. So you have to read like 80 issues of this run and it, then it just straight like stops and then starts with Dark Times. It's just like a continuation. Like they even... On the inside, like, it would be, like, Dark Times number one on the outside, and on the inside, it'd be, like, Dark uh, Republic number 81 or whatever. I'm sorry. This is why um, I have a hard time getting into Legends comics. So, I'm, yeah, like, yeah, so I'm is... like, 20, <laughs> yeah, so I'm, like, 20-something issues into Republic now, which is, it's been good. So, I now have to read all of Republic, which is, like, 80 issues, and then Dark Times, which is, like, 20 issues to get to Vector. And then also Old Republic, which is like 20 issues. And then also, I haven't figured out what is happening with Rebellion yet. That's like a future me problem. But I've basically <laughs> figured out, I think I have to read like 150 comic book issues to get to this this uh, oh my God. Uh, this uh, crossover event. But is I, you know, it, I said, <laughs> yes, of course comics, it is. The comics have been pretty good yeah. so far. I'll, I'll say that. And, you know, I've like soft committed to maybe writing a guide about it someday. Oh, so, sweet. Okay. You know, well, so there is a purpose. We'll, we'll, that's we'll good. see. Yeah good but well, yes that's been my reading you have more commitment I, than i do that's for sure yes absolutely i i have yet to jump into that uh that pool because that's for that's this exact reason i get scared about where i'm where i'm going to be yeah. jumping in so this is why we need a guide I, so jacob yes please, absolutely your, your only hope please please so i've i'm mostly caught up on all of my comics but uh so i haven't been doing too much reading but i did have a conversation with uh a one jared mays this weekend about Another project that uh, an idea. I just don't want to call it a project yet. An idea. So I ended up buying not one, not two, not three, not not four, but five. Oh boy! Legends books this weekend. So oh yeah. So yeah, five legends books that see one without a banner too. uh, One is without a banner. Yes. So uh, my I am now down to just ten. This is what my this is what my lovely backdrop is. You can't see it behind all my Funkos, but these are all my Legends novels. Uh, 
I only have there are only ten adult novels that I do not have. Uh, wow. Yet in my in the entire collection. Um, but he and I were talking about something um, that is is will be coming out soon. Uh, we're still kind of finalizing it, everything, but uh, that may or may not be in part of, of, of a future project that involves Legend Look Legends Look Back. So stay Ooh. tuned for that. So I can't wait to hear about that. Yes, it so is, it is going to be fun. When you finish your adult novels collection, do you have to go to the uh, Jude Watson verse collection, which is like way more money than you'd think it is? <laughs> um, you know, there's a reason. The reason I've done this is because one, I already had the ball, and two, they're all the they're mm-hmm. all the mass market paperbacks, so they're all like eight bucks, which is a whole yeah, yeah. heck of a lot. I, I bought these five for like twenty five bucks. Right. One like the most recent High Republic book was like twenty seven dollars. So exactly, there's a reason yeah. why I have all of them in the mass market mass market paperback because they're a lot 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 cheaper, and I can go buy five of them. Okay. Uh, and oh, by the way, all five five books all bought from Amazon. All at the same time. Do we want to take a guess as to how many different packages arrived at my house? Five. Yes, absolutely. Of course. Because yes, why, one for why, each why, thing. Package, why package all of them in one Yes, in one what is package? the point of that? There is no, no point. No. You, you didn't go into like the like change your shipping options to like put them all in one package or like have your like Amazon order. day? It was, all the, it was all in my cart and I purchased them all at one you, time. So that, no, you have to go to the, you have to go to your shipping options because like they'll split them into different lots and you have to like click a different option to compile them all into so, one. But you might have to wait longer. And they're very nice. They might give you a whole like quarter for your uh, Amazon Prime. <laughs> they, no, so, they'll give you a five a five dollar credit, which you can like only like use on like certain digital content that you'll actually hold on. Maybe can I use it on comics? I'll have to double check that. So, <laughs> it's like it's like Jared wait, this is gonna, horrible. Oh wait a second. Jared and I are going to keep uh, hashing out a, a a plan and and finalizing our plan, and then uh, we will have more news for you soon. So stay tuned. Can I make a prediction? I know nothing sure. about this. I'm just gonna sure. Make a no, prediction. you don't. You no. Okay. Nobody knows. I literally about know nothing. I'm going to predict that you two are going to meet up somewhere with your entire Legends adult novel collection and show them off with each other in like a big parking lot or something. <laughs> that, I, I, I mean, that's – I hope Jared is, 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 is in, the, in the chat and taking to. I want to see like, that. That sounds like a great idea. Jared, if so, you're here, I want I want to see that. Let's make it happen. I, I know that right, I know Jared, that you two don't live have, super close together, but make we, it happen. We have some, we, we have some ideas to, 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 to work out. So, all right. Our intro ran super long today, so let's go ahead and take a short break, and then we're going to talk about Paolo Villanelli uh, on the other side of the break, so we'll be right back. All right, so tonight is an artist spotlight night, and uh, tonight we are talking about Paolo Villanelli. Uh, he has been featured on quite a number of series, uh, most not- in Star Wars, most notably uh, the Lando Double or Nothing from 2018, the Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order Dark Temple from 2018, and the Star Wars Bounty Hunter series that started in 2020. Uh, I believe we have him credited uh, from issues 1 through 17. Uh, so yeah. he has done a lot of uh, both uh, older work from um, Jedi Fallen Order. Actually, that was from 2019. Uh, and Lando, and, more, and most recently for the Bounty Hunters. So um, his style, he's a very unique style. Caleb, how would you, you you've got some notes here as, to, as far as how you describe him. So I'm going to go ahead and Oh no, Emma is. That, or I think you're first uh, on this list, right? Yes, that is correct. Yes, Emma. It is. Emma first. is first. So I'm. I'm. I'm going to turn it over to you, so you can kind of give your interpretation of uh, Paolo Villanelli's style. Sure. Well, first of all, you know, a little bit of behind the scenes here. I kind of do like the scheduling of our shows, and I try to throw in like an artist spotlight and a writer spotlight every so often, and I kind of get to like 
choose who we talk about. And selfishly, I picked Paolo Villanelli because I really like his art style like a lot, and I really wanted to talk about it. And he's done so many things in Star Wars. So uh, first of all, I, I think that his his style it's very like soft and i don't know if that makes any sense to anyone but it it just feels soft somehow not not in like in like a texture sort of way uh but it doesn't lose any of the detail in it um and i don't know i think i think his his work is also very dynamic like you don't lose any of the action in it but it you can also see tiny little details and i like when you get a good balance of that because i find that some artists lean too heavily into the details but you don't get any sort of motion and then sometimes it's way the opposite so i really like how he balances uh, his works and I, I also think you know when and i'll get into this later when i'm talking about some of my favorite art of his uh that he draws very well-established characters in a great way because i think sometimes sometimes when you're drawing well-established characters it can look kind of corny or like a caricature but he, he does it i think in a in a very tasteful way so i'm excited to, to talk about that a little later i know when i started reading the bounty hunter series it it took some getting used to 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 get used to his art because mm-hmm. i thought the, i i originally thought his art was too busy there, there's always action going on. There, there's, there's blurred lines in the background. Everything see, feels like it's moving. But now that I've gotten used to it, now that I've seen 17, 18, however many issues there are out now for, for Bounty Hunters, I think it's because he uses the – he's one of the few artists that uses the entire panel. And, mm-hmm. and even in the background, even if it's, if it's an action shot but it's a close-up of balance, you see the laser – blasts in the background you see the things that are going on in the background and there's details everywhere his action scenes are 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 are, he's better equipped for action scenes so so full page spreads are look phenomenal for him um because it gives him much more room from from my perspective to really lay down all that detail um sometimes you can get a little bit lost and when it's in those when it's in those smaller panels but those larger panels those action scenes are, are awesome and i i mean I love covers. Covers are my favorite art for all of all of comics, um, and and we've got a couple of them that are are really really good that we're going to show off a little bit later. But uh, some of his his covers are my favorite work that he does uh, because it, there there are some that are just outstanding. Kayla, what are your Absolutely. thoughts? Um, to summarize in one word, I think this is a very good one: is dynamic. Like, a lot of his action panels, not just his panels, but his whole page spreads, there's a lot of really solid action in there. Like, everything is moving, you can really see the action lines. Um, It's kind of like like your nostalgia's mind of what old, like, uh, comics used to look like when you were a kid. Like, if you go back and read, like, older 80s, 90s comics, some of the art might not hold up as well, but this, like... Uh, Paolo's art here seems to invoke that sort of dynamic action sort of high movement with like, you know, the action lines and sound explosions, but it comes across really clean. You know, uh, just as another side note, all of his ships, because this is Star Wars and ships are very important, Mm -hmm. his ships look really dirty and grungy. They look good, but they're all like weathered down. But on the con the uh, flip of that, all his characters look very clean and pretty. So, really good, solid art. And when you, as 
when I do an art spotlight, I'll go back through their uh, works and I'll kind of skip the story and just kind of yeah. read and w- look at the panels. And you can still really easily follow along the action like super well. So I w- had a great time going back through all this work. Jacob, you've got a pretty good description here, and I think this better summarizes what I was trying to say uh, in my description. Yeah, my, I, my, I literally typed one word, and that's definitely not because I procrastinated, and it's just anime. <laughs> like, um, I like, I think it's like it, it's building off of what Caleb said with like the like dynamic look to it, and I, uh, I include, I like threw in a piece of art later that I think really describe shows it pretty well, um, of Bosk fighting, and you can just like see like like with anime like fighting you have like i've seen a lot of like stuff where like people are like whipping around you really see like the like dragging of like an arm like that Mm -hmm. action like that motion coming around and i see like a lot of that like kinetic action in his art so uh, yeah i don't know just anime vibes yeah like not you know not big eyes small mouth sort of anime but they kind of the dynamic and the the animation style yeah yeah exactly translated to still art yeah i did not think about that at all but i really like that description i think you you hit the nail there all right so let's go ahead and get into a couple of of pieces of art here um i'm going to turn jacob i'm going to turn and and caleb i'm going to turn this over to you guys because you guys were the the two that wrote these uh these pieces down so caleb if you want to introduce these pieces and then we can all kind of offer our 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 info and then emma you've got a couple of sections here at the end that I want to make sure that we get to give you the chance to, to really, really showcase these, these pieces. So, Caleb, I'm turning this over to you. Absolutely. Uh, audio listeners, I'm sorry. I'll <laughs> do my best to describe it, but just look it up on YouTube when you get a chance. All right, this first panel comes from Lando, Double or Nothing, Issue 2, page 14. Just Lando jumping, again, using the whole page here. These are, we should be showing the entire page here. Him just jumping towards the, uh, towards the viewer as the... Uh, those uh, fighters in the background are shooting wildly at him. Just a really great dynamic. You can see Lando's movement, his clothes rustling, like the ships in the background are still really highly detailed. Just a really dynamic sort of uh, jumping, shouting, shooting scene, you know? Yeah, I feel like you don't really see much art from this angle ever. Like, you don't, I mean, usually you just see it like straight on, but this is kind of looking up towards Lando. And I, I really like that change in perspective. And you've got the 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 what I'm going to call movement lines, it, it, like in the background, yeah. that adds to that anime mm-hmm. effect of really putting you in the scene, making the scene come a, a, alive just a little bit more than you can obviously see that he's jumping or that he's falling or and and the ships are coming down. But those little, as as Jacob said, those little anime style lines that kind of help add to the movement really helps to really to to give it a little bit of a, a of a unique perspective. Absolutely. Next up is one from, uh, I think, Bounty Hunters, where most of this will come from, uh, just because that's where he had his longest run, and Valance is just a lot of fun to watch. Um, This is from issue one, just him and Boba Fett just in a big shooting scene, and just lots of soft yellow light coming off of their guns, you know, striking dynamic poses, just like, you know, whenever a a comics character strikes a fun pose like it's always a good time either they when they had to pull out a mannequin or get a reference here just some really solid uh you know pointing and shooting here yeah i mean even i always get interested in in seeing how artists draw uh you know faceless uh you know, characters like boba fett you know yeah. we don't see his his expressions at all but you can definitely tell that he's 
probably making some sort of expression like Valence's here. Uh, you know, you can infer that by you know his stance and the way he's holding his gun and all that stuff. So I think I think the mark of a of a great artist in Star Wars, anyways, is drawing helmet helmeted characters well. <laughs> yeah, I think it's interesting because like we talked about it with our is it Phil our Phil Noto spotlight way back mm. when of uh, having to like do that storytelling through art because. Yeah. Chewbacca doesn't speak and now you're having to do a different type of like more difficult storytelling where you can't use facial expressions to like really show what a character is uh, feeling. Yeah, exactly. I think we even talked about that uh, with our Charles Soule writing writer spotlight. You know, you don't have enough, you don't have a lot of dialogue for, for Vader. What are you going to do with that? And it's the same thing with, with art. You don't have facial expressions. What are you going to do with that? And I think, uh, you know, it's always really interesting to see. Yep. Uh, next up, I think it's from Bounty Hunters number three. Uh, you know, this will be a theme a lot of Valance and Bosk, or Valance and <coughs> Dingar, or Valance and other Bounty Hunters fighting. So uh, this is him versus uh, Bosk. And just, again, count the anime, like, you see some really nice stuff, flow of action from him charging up his gun, his blaster hand failing, you know, a bit back and forth, and then a great silhouetted jumping of him at uh, Bosk in the lower corner there. Like, I love the panels, how, like, on the top part are a little off-center, a yeah, little that's uh, what I was wiggly. Gonna, right, I was going to comment on that, too. That it's it's a very busy page, and there's a, it's it, it can be a little overwhelming, because they're not clearly defined. They kind of bleed into each other. There's a lot of action going on. You've got the Batman 66-style you know, action sounds and everything, but it, at the same time, it all tells a very clear, distinct story, and you can really know what's going on in each in each of these panels. All right, so next up, I, this I can't through this one in while I was skimming through it because I thought it was a really fun little thing. It's kind of a large action page of showing someone being tangled up by a by a snake like bounty hunter, and in one of the uh, in the central art, they ha- they have like a little mini panel. It, like it doesn't zoom in or change anything it just draws a little box around a subtle motion that one character is doing drawing a knife so that in the next panel when they stab it you know you get to see that so if you're paying really close attention you would have caught it without the panel but i do love how they uh well how he introduced that little uh, subtle thing to draw your eyes into hey this is important i'm glad you brought this up because i don't remember this and also i think it's like it's a really interesting idea and i'm not sure i noticed it the first time um but i don't know how i feel about using you know some sort of shape like that it looks like i did that in apple preview or something but um (laughs) but at the same time i definitely don't pay close enough attention to comics to notice that tiny little detail so i'm kind of like 50 50 on it it was weird because, like, Caleb, like, you know, he had the list of ones he pulled um, in our, like, show document. And he's like, yeah, a little mini panel with the knife. And I, like, pulled up the page he told me. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know what you – I don't even see what you're talking about. I'm like, oh, there – okay, yeah. Like, like, like I knew knife? what I was looking for, and I still missed it. <laughs> <laughs> so, needless to say, you know, take your time with the art, with some art yeah. here. The artist puts a lot of time into it. So sometimes – I guess, you know, Palo here got a little, like, annoyed, like, how do you miss all these subtle things I'm doing? Fine, I'll <laughs> highlight it here, literally. Yeah, I, that seems like <laughs> something I would definitely do if I could draw, like, somewhat okay. <laughs> exactly. So, that was a lot of fun. Um, speaking of fun, this one, next one panel is uh, 
I think one of the ones I was going through that really stood out to me, this is from issue number five, and there's just a lot of onomatopoeia here. There's a lot of, <laughs> you know, whoops, shoops, thwacks, like just like a really dynamic action scene and just adding up, like, it looks cartoony if you were to like, you know, look at it one by one, but when you flow it all together, it just really, I think it really adds a lot. How do you guys feel about this? I, I like it. I mean, I think especially the one on the bottom there, how it kind of like the pattern kind of matches some sort of like electricity, which I think is what's happening there. I don't have my glasses on, so I yeah. can't really see you. But um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I, I think it it's sometimes those, uh, you know, sound effects, they stand out a little too much and kind of take over. But I never noticed that with, with Palo's art, you know, they just kind of blend in and they're pretty natural where they are. So. It's funny. This this page reminds me of that um that page from Blood Ties where he's like calling out every weapon. He's like, yeah, he's yeah. like punch or like it's like I got oh, yeah, like, like he's flame, like my flame flamethrower, <laughs> yeah, rockets, fist, fist. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> now, this is a question I don't know if anyone has the answer to, but like when when Paolo here was writing this comic, did he? You know, did he write in Wolfier, or did he have to wait till I think uh, this is Joy Karamanga? Was this yeah, letter? I think this is a letter thing. Oh, interesting. That's but. really cool because you know normally you think the letter press must only work with the writer, but you know with any luck, you know they probably add their uh, dynamicism to the rest of the panel. So some really good things here. Um, next up, we jump forward into space. As I talked a little bit about his dungy. Um, spacecrafts here i just love it because in the it's a uh uh dog fight between an x-wing and a pirate craft and in the bottom there you get to see very clearly that valence is uh drifting in x-wing because you can see the exhaust of his uh that kind of pink exhaust from the x-wing you know smear right. across the panel there so that instantly tells oh he's drifting and you know comics is definitely image in motion but sometimes it can be hard to really see the motion that they're trying to convey but this one worked out really well. I loved seeing like him doing whole Tokyo Drift, Fast and Furious, uh, X-wing here. I, I yeah. think this I is def- go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, you go. I was gonna say I think I like this more than. I mean, I know this is a little bit easier because you have the exhaust, but you know, normally when you, we see movement, we get like the shadow characters, you know, mm. that that indicate the different movement. But I like this the way that he does it here because it doesn't. Yeah, maybe it's more natural because it, you know. When you have the shadow, you have four or five different shadows of your character from start position to end position. Um, but this kind of tells the exact same story without getting really impeding the story. Yeah, I got to say, this is like what it feels like to play Star Wars Squadrons. <laughs> like, you're like, oh, yeah. yeah, I'm that cool. And then you like get blasted out of the sky yes. immediately. But, <laughs> Every you single know, time. For that, like. That brief moment, you feel so awesome. That's really funny. It's like, wait, what's that beeping missile lock noise? <laughs> Uh-oh. Um, one thing I noticed about, about this panel, I like how space isn't just black. You know, there's some more. Mm-hmm. And I know that's probably the colorist there, but I just wanted to, to throw it out there. Yeah. yeah, It is definitely a neon blue in the background, and it doesn't feel weird. It feels good. <laughs> All right. Uh, last one of my picks here was from the next issue, uh, number 10. And this is where um, I just like this because you see Valence uh, moonlighting as a slasher villain of him creeping out of the darkness to some people as you see his giant red glowing eye like smearing across as he reaches out and <laughs> disposes of two bad guys. Just really kind of like almost horror-esque 
uh, moment in the series. Yeah, that's absolutely terrifying. And again, I don't have my glasses on and totally didn't notice that <laughs> until you said it. So that's that's freaky. <laughs> but again, another another. So we've seen now three. Since you called it out, we've seen three little mini panels. This one is a, is is more of a actual panel with Valance's hand. Right? You, we we saw it with uh, with Boba's little knife on his arm we saw it in the other in the first panel where you have these little little mini panels that he uses to kind of draw attention to a certain action and then that action follows through so it's something something i've I've read each of these 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 issues twice at least and it's nothing that i that i actually picked up until you pointed out so appreciate that 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 bit of insight exactly i think you know for the audio listeners it shows him like reaching towards two people then it has a small mini thing uh, panel which is a close-up of just his hand just his fingers and then it shows him grabbing and pulling to the uh two villains two pirates and i think you're may not supposed to like pay a lot of attention to that one hand it's just to help reinforce like oh he is reaching and now he is going to use something with his hands oh he's grabbing and now pulling with his hands so to cap set up your mind for the action that is to come Awesome. Yeah. So I, I, so that was a great set. I submitted just two, uh, to add on to that solid bounty hunter set. One of them is from the next issue is issue 11 was like a bottle episode with like, uh, Bosk like on a hunt. Uh, I think, I think on Malastare, uh, Mm. which would make sense with the grand, but, uh, yeah, I thought this was this was like one of a few examples that I thought I think he does Bosk incredibly well. Yeah. Um like he's like Bosk when he draws him is scary and not just like, you know, not just like a lizard, you know. Yeah, it's, or, it's, or, it's or a guy in a rubber suit. Yeah, right. it's not some like, you know, thrown together 80s like sci-fi uh like monster. It's like he actually is like kind of like he looks like he could move fast whereas like Bosk in the in Empire Strikes Back is like yeah that you know it's just a thing it just stands there it doesn't move like IGA88 didn't move <laughs> uh, <laughs> literally uh but yeah like like Bosk in the comics is is terrifying yes he uh, is especially with with that like panel in the bottom right with his just like the red eye and his jaws open oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, like he really he does a really good job there's a few there's like yeah the one i was talking about earlier where like his arms like swiping from the side there's a lot of great movement with him so yeah it gives me uh flashbacks to like being absolutely terrified when i heard like bosk's theme music in battlefront 2 i was like oh where's the cloud of dioxus <laughs> like i was absolutely terrified of him <laughs> yeah this is really good stuff i like the you know he now i've actually noticed another kind of pattern he does a lot of kind of shadow stuff when he's trying to highlight something we, we saw one uh earlier i can't remember what it was now but we definitely did see another one trust me i promise <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean we said we had this yeah there's shadows here with the, yeah exactly with the yeah. horror thing yeah yeah so i, I like um, all that all that kind of you know accentuating the oh i remember what it was is the valence's eyes you know the creepy eyes yeah yeah so yeah, I, I like that stuff. How it's it's kind of like, and especially with the boxes, it's kind of like he's trying to hide some stuff, but also trying to like give you some hints. So it, you know, he kind of goes back and forth. You kind of never know what to expect. Right. Yeah. And then my next one is actually from a different this, a series we haven't touched on yet, which was uh, Fallen Order, Dark Temple. I know Emma has an example from this later. This is a beautiful comic yeah. book. Yeah. Like the story is not exact. Like it's not my favorite. I'd probably need to reread it to be honest. Um. 
but uh, the art in it is gorgeous. Yes. A lot of this again has to do with the colorist, but I think like even be like it's a very interesting like planet. It's um just like this like red fog with like pink accents that comes down over the ground, but then like even like ignoring the color which is pretty hard to do to be honest it looks great uh but the like the way he like second sister looks so good in this so uh yeah no i thought this is great art all around in this issue or in this mini series as a whole yeah I, it's so funny I'm you picked gonna... this because i legit almost picked this as my representative from this comic <laughs> it's so good <laughs> and you know again it shows like progress we start with the second sister it close up of the hand mm-hmm. and then we kind of zoom out as we see where the hand is pointing the mist starting to clear and then we get like a whole landscape shot of the of the stairway being cleared out so you can have a nice almost camera like progression as you zoom out and across the landscape as you see the action's consequences. Yeah, it's funny that you say that because sometimes with comic art, I tend to get lost of like, where where are we at? Because sometimes we skip a little bit too far ahead and I'm like, wait, how is that person over there now? You know, that type of thing. So I, I, I think he kind of guides the reader along very well, but it doesn't, it doesn't feel like he's holding your hand though. Like it, it's very natural. All right, I think that does it for both of Jacob's selections. So, Emma, you've got a a number of of selections here. Yeah, so I decided to pick one from each of his main Star Wars work. Uh, So this is from the Age of Republic special, uh, number one. The special has some, like, mini stories in it. And this is from the first story, called The Weapon, which features Mace Windu. Uh, and in this panel, he's kind of like, you know, he's fat fighting off some some bad guys. I don't exactly remember the story here. You know, like like Caleb said earlier, you know, I just kind of like flipped through his art. I don't really, you know, remember the story. But uh, either way, I think this is like one of the perfect examples of, you know, the motion that he brings uh, to a panel. Like, you know, you see the uh, motion with the blaster and the motion with the lightsabers and there's a good distinction between the two in the panels. Like, he doesn't try to do too much in one panel, but allows enough panels so that you can understand both sides of the story, not just one of them. And I think it's a really good mix. Yeah, one thing I'll point out here is, you know, this has Mace Wind's do with his lightsaber, but his lightsaber is never a single beam that exactly. goes from A to B. It is a blur. It's a motion. Even when he looks like he's just starting off, it's a flash of purple. So a lot of really fun uh, movement of that lightsaber as you get best account helps you know that, oh, he's moving this a lot. Yeah, good call. Good call. So my next one is from Lando Double or Nothing number one. Uh, this is uh, the, this panel is uh, of the Falcon flying towards uh, a planet. I don't remember what planet, but it is a planet. Um, and I just found this image to be uh, like absolutely breathtaking. Like, and I know, I know a lot of that has to do with the colorist again, you know, because of that sort of like sun coming up from behind the planet. But at the same time, you know, I think we could, we could, we've said this word like so many times, but again, the motion of the Falcon, you know, with the streak of the engine lights, I think looks so good. And, and the planet itself also looks very good. You know, there's some detail uh, of what the planet's land masses look like and i don't know i think i think it was just very well composed you know there's a moon up there and the sun and then the planet and then the falcon i think it's just you know a really well put together panel yeah the, and again the background doesn't need to be that detailed like you can still exactly. get what you need from this panel without 
the slipstream behind the Falcon without the detail on the planet. But it's that extra little bit of detail that helps really differentiate that, you know, his style. And again, space isn't black here. It's almost bluish. A really nice coloring for space here is great. Yeah, for sure. I like how you could easily, like, remove the text boxes and the to be continued at the bottom corner there. And that could be like an art piece that you hang on your wall. Like, it's that beautiful. Yeah. I just, I love mm-hmm. that. It's a, it's a good measure of, of a good splash page there. So, all right. My next one is from Vader Dark Visions number one. Um, another great example of a uh, space battle here uh, between the Rebellion and the Empire. The, the explosions are drawn like really strong, but they don't overwhelm the scene or take any attention away from the ships. And I also noticed that there was... A nice variety of rebellion ships, like I see a Y wing and obviously some X wings, um, and and also you know there's I also notice that there's a lot of ships too. Like there's not just a couple fighters from each side. You know there's there's an, a nice variety. There's and, twenty uh, or thirty ships in this in this exactly. Spread. Yeah, it doesn't feel small. And sometimes comic, you know, space battles or any battle to be honest, it can feel small sometimes. But this feels very large, like a movie, and I really love that about this. Mm-hmm. All right, so my next one is from Jedi Fallen Order Dark Temple number three. Uh, and this is, um, you know, a, I had to look up what this species was called. Yeah, I knew I knew the one from Rogue One was named Moroff, but I didn't remember the species <laughs> name, which is funny. Um, it's a Gigoran, uh, and he's coming out of yep. the wreckage. Uh, or I think it's a she, actually, in this comic. Uh, she's coming out of the wreckage uh, on the planet Ontotho, which, you know, we already, you know, Jacob picked a an image from this planet it's just a stunning planet and again like he said like jacob said i mean a lot of it has to do with the coloring but at the same time i did notice that this uh this image here was very layered you've got the the mountains and the rock formation and then the wreckage and then finally the ground with all that like fog slash dust type of thing and it was just again I, i said it before on another one it's just a very well composed image yeah i have to say i honestly think that Dark Temple as a, as like a series is probably one of the most visually stunning like Star Wars comic books in canon. Like just, I agree. Period. That's I totally. That's agree. high praise. Yeah, yeah. It's almost you can't get to uh, almost flashes to Dark Empire. You know, with the um, Cam Kennedy like watercolor art that just kind of like a color is overriding everything else in this case red like everything is tinged with red yeah and and the planet you know even though we've never seen it before in anything else it feels like it has its own you know character it doesn't feel like i think especially uh, this came out in 2019 i think you said jacob right i I think this would be very easy to feel like a copy of crate but it it definitely was not uh it never once felt like that you know it felt like it, it had its own you know, it could it could hold its own as a as a planet in Star Wars, and I think that that's probably really hard to do because there's been so many planets in Star Wars. So yeah, impressive. and like we we've, we've only shown these areas like this like red fog, but like you see a lot of different parts of the yeah. planet. It doesn't all look like this. It shows kind of like the the variety and the depth of the talent talent of the artists working on this. But you know, th- these these are the more visually striking ones that we're picking out here of course yeah i mean it's one of the few planets in star wars that has like multiple biomes which is cool (laughs) yes (laughs) all right two more from me um so the next one is uh from the rogue one adaptation he did issue number three uh this is uh cassian getting genoway um from saw and jedi right before or right as the death star is striking uh jedi city and this is what i was talking about right at the top um with him his ability to draw 
uh, well-known characters and how I think he does it really well. I think his saw is very good and his Cassian's very good and his Jin is pretty good too. Uh, I, th- I think it's easy to kind of butcher characters that we know really well. And I think we, by now, you know, we know these characters really well. And uh, I think he did a great job. I also think he did a great job depicting a scene that we've already seen on the movie screen. I think that has to be really hard, or I imagine it is, uh, because we know that scene very well. It's a very memorable scene. And being able to depict that on the page, similar to how it was on film, I think is, um, it impresses me for sure. Yeah, it's great because, like, I think especially with Cassian, it, like, definitely captures um, Diego Luna's yeah. likeness. Yes. But it's you can still see, uh, his, like, uh, Paolo's, like, artistic style in, in his yeah. face, especially. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think, you know, it's important to keep those, like, key features of a character that we know so well, but also have the artists be able to put their own spin on it. Like, for example, like, Saw's hair, it you know, it has that, like, softer style that, that I was talking about earlier with his lines and stuff, but it still looks like Saw's hair. And uh, I know that was like super specific, but it's just <laughs> what came to mind first. They're not in the uncanny valley. They're very much right. a, it's a comic book with a character whose face you recognize. Exactly. Right. Exactly. All right. My last one is from Bounty Hunters number 10. Uh, this page depicts uh, Valence and Dengar fighting. Uh, I just noticed that there was so much detail in here. One of the first things that I noticed after looking at it closely was uh, in the middle right panel, you can see a flap of Valence's skin just like dangling off of his face. It's disgusting. And uh, that's just, I mean, there's like no reason to do that, but he went above and beyond to do that. And it grossed me out. And I think that was like the purpose for sure. So it's still soft in style, but definitely doesn't lose any of that detail or that absolute like freakiness with the skin dangling down and the red eyes and stuff he still he still manages to creep me out so that's good <laughs> exactly another fun thing about this panel is in all the uh panels where there's like punching and kicking you see that background is in orange to really uh highlight that impact that's right while when they're just standing and talking it's kind of a blue tealish sort of background so it's you know like we're talking now we're kicking now we're talking now we're punching that sort of fun like just from looking at the panel from this tiny screen that's inches away from like a couple feet away from me i can still tell where this action beats are happening yeah, exactly. I didn't even notice that. Like, honestly, I thought that those were like explosions in the back, but I I really love that because you know, it's a great visual cue to the audience. And obviously, like, you know, we can't even see the words, but I can get the general gist of what's happening. And I think that's like the sign of a good uh, of a, of a well drawn action scene. So yeah, all right. that's all you all had. For me. Yeah, you'll say you all had a lot of excellent uh, in book. Uh, so when I came, when I got, I came around, and this is uh, all, just like what Jacob did, said, this has nothing to do with me procrastinating. It has everything to do with the fact that you all <laughs> already already selected such amazing art. Uh, I went with a cover uh, for my art, uh, and that is the uh, High Republic number one variant uh, for two things. Oh, one, yeah. because it again it utilizes his motion, the the ability to to use the the streams coming off the vectors to 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 showcase it, the movement of the ships it utilizes the darkness and the shadows uh behind uh the jedi there uh and then obviously this is all, this is also a, 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 a homage to pays homage to to the clone wars number 1 with anakin and uh, and ahsoka 
So this is definitely uses that as as inspiration. So um, I, I I love like I said, I, comic book covers what 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 got me into comic books because that's what you see. So and I I really have a have a real fascination with covers and and when you when you take something that's memorable uh, as as the Clone Wars number one. Uh, Jacob's got it pulled up uh, in, in in another another monitor here. When you've got something as iconic, uh, this is this is probably one of the Mount Rushmore of images for 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 comic book for Star Wars comics. Uh, is is yeah. is this image right here? Um, this is oh. a very expensive. This is a very expensive yes. uh, book. This is when you uh, want to get slabbed, people. This is <laughs> yeah. There's like uh, yeah. It's funny you guys bring that up because like I wanted to mention this while we were on the topic. Um, so this is. Um, I got the story via Star Wars Splash page. Follow them if you're not, if you're not great. Another great Star Wars comics podcast. But um, we hit a well, yeah. Uh, this sold at auction this week. Um, this is yeah nine point eight again. Like I was saying earlier, it's basically as high as it gets. Um, and the cover was uh drawn by Dave Filoni. This is the first appearance of Ahsoka Tano in the comics. So, how much would you guys guess this sold? Ooh, for? I love this game. Uh, um, I forty five thousand dollars. No, that would be nuts. <laughs> I, I'm gonna I, say I, I, eight. I, like I've seen, I've seen it get high. I'm gonna say eight thousand. Yeah. I believe this sold. Uh, okay, you guys are insane. No, I was gonna say I. I feel like when we did our comic book pricing, that things we were lower than about we thought. This one being like twenty seven, twenty eight hundred dollars. So, because it's that's, an auction, I'm going to go a little gotten. higher. I'm going to say, like, three oh, grand. Nope. <laughs> Wrong direction. <laughs> uh, let, me, let me double check the tweet. I believe it was uh, 2280 Okay. Okay. So, that's it? Yeah. I mean, well, okay. I mean okay. listen, a... I, I just want to make it very clear that I do not have the money for that. It, no, by me saying no. that's it, that's not to say that I would pay that much. Well, but it, it, I would think it would be more because, A, it's Dave Filoni. B, first appearance. C, it's in a slab. It's so well, it's, it's going up. It's the thing. It's been it's like risen quite a bit over time. Especially the, one of the big drivers. We you at least see an initial bump in uh, comic value if the character shows up in live action. So it right. helps like Marvel movies. If like a you know character shows up for the first time in Marvel movie, boom, and they're like their first appearance skyrockets. Um, so we've seen that with Star Wars. It, it, again, it at least translates to an initial bump. It's not always sustained like the. Chrysanthemum comic first appearance has already gone down in value. Um, so it's probably like but, what Mando was that Mando thirteen the Jedi that was probably when it when it spiked a bit. Yeah. So um, yeah, it spiked there. It spiked when she came back in Book of Boba Fett. It's probably gonna go through the roof when her, uh, her actual solo, show, like her yeah. own series comes out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, right. You know, this this one at least has held value because you know it's not just a minor character who shows up for a cameo right. and then goes away Fan like favorite. ahsoka obviously so yeah ahsoka people like ahsoka whether she's in uh mando or not so exactly but yeah this clear clear uh homage to that one thing i really like going back to the actual cover we're talking about one thing i really love about this is i mean it's beautiful the colors are beautiful the line work is great i think as a high republic fan it's easy to lose sight of how big uh long beams are yes Agreed. Like they talk about, they're like, oh yeah, like if it's thirty people or whatever, and it, like you know, it's a it's a big ship. I'm like, okay, cool. And then you see it like here, like close to vectors, and it's like the thing is massive. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's like it's it's probably bigger than a like um like blockade runner. Like it's huge. 
Yeah, I, I, I actually, I'm glad you brought that up because I remember seeing this for the first time and I was like, what kind of ship is that? It like, it fits the description of a long beam, but dang, that is huge. And uh, yeah, it's yeah. it's always great to see more higher public ships. I wish we saw them more frequently. And I think, I think Palo would be a, you know, a great person to, to draw more space battles in comics because he doesn't. It'd be great, great if the, we could, you know, Empire, yeah. see them and build them and hold them and. Yeah. And, play, and, and play with them. Please. Yeah. So, you maybe know, even but, if we got like the characters and like this type of bobblehead thing, even like, those two. That? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All of that would give us better, better visualization of everything that is a high. Yeah. Funny so. how that works. And, if, <laughs> and, you know, it'd be really sh- even more strange if there's like a really like a time to release them coming up soon. That made a lot of sense. Yeah. Just from yeah. where we're, uh, we're a bunch that. of we're a bunch of like minded fans come to a place to celebrate uh you know new things in this in this universe you know that's that's, yeah some of those some of those fans might include some people on the show and maybe some others not but the ones that are not there have the friends and the venmo uh, venmo accounts (laughs) needed there's we we invented venmo for venmo and apple pay and paypal and all those other digital currencies that allows everybody to someone on this show might also have be flying on an airline that gives them an extra free bag and there's room for stuff so you know hypothetically this all sounds amazing but yes. you know here we are let's let's be real are. there let's are no real. rumors yes there dream. are no yes there are <laughs> yeah. no rumors of any of the and anything of that sort happening at celebration it is just us you know wishing things into the ether we've had manifesting this show has had success mm. manifesting I've, things i read a book it's about true. that yes uh, manifesting things into existence so we're trying to we're hoping that we haven't used all of our all of our good positive force energy to uh, on, on our on, on our previous predictions, and yes. hopefully it's something happens at, at celebration. So, all right, well, this has been a fun episode talking about uh, Paolo Villanelli's art. Uh, before we get out of here, Emma, what do we and the rest of the uh, Utini Network have coming up for the rest of the week? Yeah, so next week, uh, the Cosmic Force we are doing uh, a roundtable on the Higher Public Adventures. Volume 2, which I'm very excited to talk about. Um, And then tomorrow on Legends Look Back, uh, they are doing The Art of Crimson Empire, which I believe is pre-recorded, but is still airing at the regular time. Same time, same place. 9.30 Eastern Time, youtube.com slash utini. And then uh, Monday on The Living Force, they are talking about their favorite planets, which I'm really excited to see. I don't think it's a draft, to be clear. Although, if, if it's not too late, I... I'm going to try to Everything's them. a draft on the Living Force. It should be a draft. It should be a draft. But either way, it's going to be fun because uh, I, I love hearing about, about planets. And there's a lot of good ones. So definitely tune in for that. All right. But until then, I think that is going to do it for this week's episode of the Cosmic Force. Don't forget to like and subscribe to the show right here on YouTube where you can hear us live every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern. We also encourage you to subscribe to our audio version on whatever podcast platform you listen to. You can also follow us on Twitter and tweet at the show at Cosmic Force Show to stay informed about Star Wars comics happenings or follow the hosts individually. I'm at Ty Rags, Emma is at Irma Jedi 26, Caleb is at Caleb Lamanek, and Jacob is at Jacob Bosch. For reviews, articles, and news for the rest of the expanded universe, be sure to visit utd.com. We also encourage you to join our UTD Discord community by going to utd.com slash discord. And you can also help support the show by heading to patreon.com slash and start receiving exclusive perks starting at just $5 a month. A special thank you to OK Endar, Brian Dooley, Earl Q, Patrick Ortiz, and Carl Sander on our Jedi High Council, 
as well as Matt Bellington, Elizabeth Cloutier, Freddie C., and Sally and Chris Eilerson on our Alliance High Command for their continued amazing support. Thank you again to Emma, Caleb, and Jacob for hosting me tonight. Special thank you to everybody that was in the chat with us live and all of our listeners, wherever and whenever you are joining us. We truly appreciate you. We hope to see everybody again next week, but until then, may the Force be with you.